think we blew it. Uh, what did we blow this time? I know, there's so many things we've blown, but I really think we should have done the 4D. And I'm not one for gimmicks, but everyone's been talking about this 4D movie experience with smell-o-vision and holograms and... Did we miss out? Was it a better movie if we did that? Uh, I don't think it would be a better movie. Uh, I think it might have been a f more full experience. But I don't think we missed out on the most experience or the, the movie itself because the movie was fantastic. So I thought they were joshing us. It's 70. We just threw three D's on there. It's nothing. <laughs> but I wish that it was. Gosh, you're pushing me and you got me out of my groove, Aaron. <laughs> You pushed me. <laughs> you gotta get closer, sweetie. I gotta get really close to the mic. We're sharing a mic tonight, and it's a little intimate, cozy, annoying, someone else in the podcast might say, but for me, it's pretty nice. I don't know where I'm supposed to disagree <laughs> with you on this. <laughs> All right, well, as long as we're having an intimate podcast, do you want to invite two more people into the snuggle party? Ooh, I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, he's Aaron. She's Elizabeth. And we're married... To, to the, the idea. idea. <laughs> Professional in the side of adversity. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought this was going down in flames a lot sooner. So It always is. So let's quickly introduce some guests uh, into this. Well, uh, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering that, 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 a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and browse the unmatched solution with audio programs. And I'll tell you free. Ian, sorry, listening is that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. Aaron, now, this do is, our plugs real quick before we do. Aaron, this is going to be our biggest episode ever. Audible will listen to this. They'll hear the shit show. Do you just the gave plugs them. real quick. You can follow us on Facebook at Married to the Idea. You can email us at Married to the Idea Reviews at gmail.com. And if you forget any of those links, or if, like Aaron, I sped through them so fast you couldn't understand what I was saying, you can visit our website, Married to the Idea .com, for all of our episodes, all of our links. As you know, we are in season three. And with season three, started our Patreon page, also Married to the Idea, where you can give us dough, and in exchange, we will whore any product you want. We do trailer reactions, and I there a trailer just dropped today that I think we have to do a reaction to. Yeah, but we're not here to talk about little blue furry people. <laughs> we are here to do the most ambitious crossover ever, 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 ever. And we're not talking about any Avengers movie. We're talking about this podcast. We'd like to introduce to the podcast for our very first, uh, I guess, very first podcast to podcast episode, the creators of Sam and Paige Plan a Wedding, Sam and Paige. Hey, Woo! guys. Ooh, it's so cozy in this snuggle fest <laughs> Oh, my in God. Here. We're all so close together. How you guys? You... Ooh, Aaron, you smell nice. You smell like friendship. <laughs> you guys. You smell like French fries. Ooh. You guys were so quiet in the booth. I know that we're all touching noses, but I didn't even hear you breathing. That was really impressive. We're just that good. We are very stealthy. <laughs> we're used to sneaking in and just watching people do things. Yeah, well, maybe not me, but definitely him. Definitely He's a ninja. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, Sam and Paige have been our friends for countless years, and when they started a podcast this year, we knew at some point we'd have to get together. But what? What would we talk about What's the biggest thing, perhaps, in the past 10 years to talk about? And we finally figured it out. Avengers Endgame. Oh, that's, that's what we're talking about? Sweet! I know, right? I thought we were talking about Caddyshack, too. Oops, we came very unprepared. <laughs> I learned oh, yeah, the chipmunk dance for this. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm looking at your notes, and you just have pages and pages of notes on how I met your mother. I don't understand. I think I gave you the wrong information. You know what? We'll we'll wing it. You Are know? you talking about we binge that entire show and nothing? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned this. We did see Endgame over the weekend, so I guess we could probably figure out something to talk about. I mean, I guess. I mean... Okay, quick. Restructuring. We're going to talk about Endgame. I know that not many people have heard about it. It's a really underrated indie film, but you really should give it some attention and time because it was quite good. It really hasn't uh, made enough money yet. Small studio. uh, I think Disney bought them recently, but it's something called Marvel Studios. Marvel? Yeah, I've heard that. Marvel? So... Sam and Paige have been listening um, to a couple of our episodes, but uh, if you are anything like our other listeners, you know that we play fast and lose and don't really have a schedule to speak of. Uh, But I will say from the very get-go, we are in spoiler town. Spoiler country ahead. We will not be holding back because we are waiting to release this till two weeks after it opens. So I'm sorry if you are waiting for an unbiased spoiler-free review. This is not it. Go find it somewhere else. Get out of here. Yeah, there... Uh, I am happy to say that uh, on the internet, uh, there have been plenty of people been like hinting at spoilers, but no one has outright said, oh, blah, 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 oh, blah, 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 oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm very proud of the internet for that. Not that, those mean people who were spoiling it in the lobby of the theater and then got punched for doing so. They deserve Which, that, if you ask me. You're 100%. just rewards. If you're going to be a real life troll, it's not like being a troll on the internet. If you're going to do it in real life, you got to deal with real life consequences. It's the only way these mm-hmm. a holes are going to learn. Indeed. Absolutely. And uh, I there was one point a uh, a person uh, on my Facebook said uh, a phrase, and I was like, "Oh no, he spoiled something!" And then I watched the movie. I'm like, "Okay, he spoiled a funny scene. Is all he spoiled, and he knew that." Are you talking about the two tacos scene? Because no, no that's not what he spoiled. So I'll talk. I'll talk about it later on because it was actually kind of a fun scene. It was the first thing that made me smile in that whole movie, and I'm like, "That's a Sean Gunn scene right there." If I ever saw one. So um, I uh, I did have some certain things to talk about, but I want to get everyone's just reaction first so same page let's start with you guys uh going into the theater what were you thinking exiting the theater what did you think well going into it um here's what happened i like many of you guys listening was i had my finger on the button ready to go and buy my tickets online when i knew they were going to go on sale at 8 a.m that day and like most of you saw the websites were crashing it was such a popular thing so i pulled out my phone went to the fandango app that actually was still functioning so i secured the most primo seats at one of the best large format screens in um, our city here and right in the middle center back enough to where the screen isn't like too big but just big enough where you're immersed i was so pumped then a week later i realized i had made plans with a friend i hadn't seen in like months way before I ever bought those tickets and I couldn't flake out on him again. So luckily this dude is a Marvel fan and he said, Sam, whatever you want to do, you go right ahead. We'll still see each other. We'll still be friends. And I said, you know what, dude, I I can't, I can't do you like that. So I'm going to get those tickets refunded, see another show maybe the next day. So good friend, Samuel. It was Sam loves Ross more than he loves uh, Captain America and Iron Man and Thor and everybody. Yeah, it was, it was a, to be fair to Ross, it was a tough choice. I like him, but you know, like this is Avengers Endgame we're talking about. So eventually, I rather than seeing it on Saturday, I we we saw it on Sunday with a friend of ours, 
and those seats weren't quite as good. The theater we were in, not quite as large. In fact, not large at all. But it was one of the nice theater rooms with the reclining seats and plenty of arm room. So our going experience was nice. And walking into the theater, I just kept my ears open like, is anybody going to start talking about the movie who just came out of it? You better not. I will punch you. They didn't. Everybody was very courteous. So you would say that you love Ross 3000? I love Ross (laughs) 3000 plus one. Um. And then my expectation, my expectations going into it were I knew that at least a few people were going to die, probably. So that was nice that, you know, they didn't just completely like Game of Thrones us. Um, Anyways, so I was thinking that at least like a few people were going to die and I knew that I was going to cry a lot. True. And I went into it thinking like just thinking about the past 10 years and wondering like, who's my, who's my favorite Avenger? I, I couldn't think of one. I honestly couldn't. And then I walked out of that theater with one. So can you tell us now who that was or do you want to wait for, do y'all want to know now? Who's your favorite? Captain America. Yeah. My boy, Steve. He's He's the first Avenger. Oh, he's such Such a good good boy. boy. Chronologically time wise, the first Avenger, but we all know that whole series hinged on Tony Stark. Definitely. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why. Yeah. Um, We had a really interesting experience buying the tickets because we figured we're not going to make it opening weekend. Tickets are going for $5,000. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Let's just, Oh, you didn't hear. They were trying to auction off these tickets. What? 5,000 on the internet. I, some people are dumb enough to pay that much for tickets and not wait till the next weekend. Wow. Gosh, I don't know why. Uh, Money. But we are members of the AMC A-list, which means we get to see three free movies every week, and you pay 20 bucks for a Hashtag month. we would love to be sponsored. <laughs> AMC is life. Uh, ever since MoviePass went away and did us dirty, AMC is our, is our bread and butter. So we literally get a text from the app that says, hey, you want to reserve tickets for Endgame? Oh, no, I didn't get a text. I literally was just like, you know, let me go check this out. And I hopped on there and it was like, oh, do you want to see Endgame? Because you can buy tickets through us. And I was like, okay. So I hopped on there. Showtime after showtime after showtime after showtime. I'm I have like, no idea. I have no idea they did it. But I feel like they set aside tickets for the A-list members because every single showing was available at every single theater on the app. And then they're like, yep, that's one of your movies. Let's waive the convenience charge. And you're going to go see Endgame opening weekend. Wow. Like, cool beans. <laughs> Word. We, uh, we ended up being uh, one of the first people in line. Uh, I didn't think we were at uh, at first, but the theater door was just out of sight, and there was five people standing against a wall, and then we were just behind the ticket taker. Aaron wanted to be first so bad. Oh, well, I thought we were going to be because there were so many showings. I was like, oh, we'll be first in line. We ended up being like maybe eighth or tenth in line, but we still, we were like, we walked in there, and Liz goes, okay, what seat do you want? I'm like... Okay, this is a pretty small theater, but I don't want to sit in the back section because I don't want people kicking me just mm-hmm. in case. So we sat in the back row of the front section. So we still got like no one behind in us, it. just at seat wise. So tons yeah. of room to breathe, except for the fellow who was sitting next to Aaron. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, so I don't like where this group... is going. <laughs> <laughs> he almost ruined it. I thought there was going to be a fight. Oh there no. Was a... There was a group of uh, teenage boys Worst. sitting to my yeah, ate it the way. T- sitting to my left, and uh, they were joking around before the movie, and you know whatever teenage boys I was one at one point, but 
uh, right as the trailers were going, the one that happened to sit right next to me was kept pulling out his phone, kept doing stuff out of there, texting, messaging, I don't know. But then the Universal-style Marvel credits, or sorry, not credits, uh, logo. logo comes up, and he takes a picture for Instagram, social media, whatever. Screen brightness on high. Yeah. And I look over to him, and I lean over to him, and I go, put it the fuck away. Oh! I've and not seen anything. I just hear him say this. I'm like, oh my god, are we about to have a fight? Uh-uh. And he goes, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I offer Aaron, Aaron, do you want me to switch places with you? Nah, I'm going to be okay. It's fine. It's fine. He, I think he did end up pulling his uh, phone out a couple more times, but if he did something else like that, I would have yeeted his phone across that damn theater. (laughs) I, I'm like, no, I did not wait 10 damn years, watch 22 damn movies for you to be like, oh, check it out, Instagram, hashtag Marvel. No, fuck you. <laughs> the, I was there day one. We went, we, our senior skip day was watching Iron Man. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Eleven years ago at this point. But we were there and a friend of ours sat, we sat with him and he goes, oh, hey, my brother went and watched this last night. Stay for after the credits. And we're like okay and so we did it was a row of us and then like three other people in the theater that's it back when it wasn't a thing back when you were supposed to leave before the credits started rolling and not notice all the nice people who worked on this film for your enjoyment yeah (laughs) and and we stayed there and we saw nick fury talk about the avengers initiative and we lost our ever loving minds i didn't know what i was losing my ever loving (laughs) mind about but i lost it one of many times a post-credit scene just people go what was that? <laughs> who's, who's that duck? Pur- who's the purple guy? <laughs> I remember watching, I, I can't remember what movie Thanos popped in on, but I was watching it with friends and my friend, I don't think it was Avengers actually, because my That was the first was, time we saw Thanos at any point. Yeah. To court them is to court death, yeah. Yeah, and then he smiles, but Back when he about like a three, three seats away from me, my buddy Will goes, is that fucking Thanos? And just screams in the theater and everyone laughed. By the way, Paige, we do we do earn our explicit tag yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> I was going to say I've got a couple of reactions to that. One, I'm so glad I can say fuck. <laughs> that is such a relief. Two, um, we had a similar experience with unruly teenagers at our showing. Luckily, they weren't oh. next to me. They were next to our friend Chase. But Chase is such a gentle giant. He did not dare speak up and ask them to stop. But he just like it still also, was, it was like a 10 year old girl. She so. was she was older than 10. She was at least 13, 14. Fine. There was yeah. a there was a no, there's a 14 year old girl at our showing who was my spirit animal because she was the one shouting behind me like six rows back all the things I wanted to be shouting. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh there was no way about, in hell this girl was 14. No, but she was old enough to know she shouldn't be and she wanted to, and she was my spirit animal. Mm. Uh, but I don't know if you guys know this. I hate Thanos with every inch <gasps> of my being. What? Okay. I love him. Okay, so let's let's break it down. Because this is the first point where people usually lose where I lose people. I don't think the way the movies portray him, he comes across as a compelling villain. I don't find him compelling or interesting. I really wish they had brought in his real reason for destroying half the universe which was to impress lady death i get romance and i get trying to impress someone even if it's petty i understand it i'm not a fan of this whole eco-terrorist it's for your own good and no one ever bothers to correct him on it the movie never says but he's wrong in any way 
and I don't like that framing device. Plus, uh, he didn't love Gamora, so he shouldn't have gotten the Soul Stone. And now I will stop ranting because I want to hear what people who like him think. Well, it's not that I like him. I like that I like him as a villain. He's one of the most compelling villains I've ever seen put to film. I saw an interview today with the guy who created Thanos and what he said in response to them changing Thanos's motive from impressing Lady Death to just bringing balance to the universe is that he didn't think the movie going public was really ready for that more abstract concept of certain life elements like death being embodied by a woman. Whether they could have used Kate Blanchett as Hela, the goddess of death, might have been another way to go about that, but that's for another time. My whole thing with it was, I think it was a given that Thanos's reasoning was wrong. Like the antithesis of Thanos saying this universe finite, its resources finite, was Cap saying we don't trade lives. So they know where each other stand, and we're on the side of the people who think, well, no, every life is precious. Whether there's too many of us, too little of us, you don't just wipe out half of them. That's bad. What do you think, Paige? Um, I have a quick question. Who Lady Death? <laughs> oh, good. Oh, okay. Lady Death is a fun character. Lady Death is literally the personification of death in the Marvel Universe, and Thanos has a hard-on for her something fierce. He pretty much does all of his killing and rampaging just to impress her, and she could give two shits about him. So he's like, okay, half the universe then. I will get these Infinity Stones, and then you will love me. Uh, Deadpool and her have a thing for some time. Actually, <laughs> so is she an actual person? Like, does actual, she inhabit a physical form? Actual mm-hmm. person. Think of the most beautiful goth woman you could imagine. That's Lady Death. And, and does she is she like Grim Reaper? Does she go out and collect lives, or what's her deal? Uh, I think it depends on the story. Yeah, uh, that's kind of why though, in the in the cutscene after Avengers, that's why when that guy said to challenge them is to court death. Thanos turns around and kind of smirks. They might have been maybe setting that up if they wanted to go that route. Okay. Okay. With, cool. Without Takia Watiti at the helm, I think it would have been hard, like you said, Sam, to introduce Lady Death. Uh, and without that distinct vision, you're right. I might have laughed too. But if you're going to give him two whole movies, then we may as well have all the time in the world to expand on that. <laughs> and with one of them being little the longest blockbuster movie since Gone with the Wind. So... <laughs> Did you you guys have to go to the bathroom? You know what? I didn't. I started watching a basketball game at 1 p.m. And as soon as the game started, I stopped drinking all liquids because my showtime was at 4. And I have the world's smallest bladder. So I knew if I had anything after 1 p.m., I was in trouble. So I luckily I made it. I knew that, Sam. Not from us living together, but because you left Paige alone at the... And from one of your other episodes that you left her alone while she was trying to look at engagement rings. And she's like, why did you leave me? I had to to pee. No, and then for me, I mean, I had like a Zoe's cup full of water and then a Diet Pepsi from Jersey Mike's. And I'm like, let's do this. And uh, how are you feeling near the end of the movie? I mean, I had to pee, but it wasn't like us seeing Lincoln. See, like we're we're, we're different in that way. Because like if I if there's anything in the tank at all, I cannot focus fully on what I'm seeing. All I can think about is, please, Sam, don't think about that. Even though it's not an emergency right now, that's like, stop thinking about that. Then I can not stop thinking about me thinking about that, and it's just a vicious cycle. I see. I had a, uh, I had a moment. Or like, sometimes my bowels go like, hey, you've got to go to the bathroom, and you've got to go now. Like, I've been like out in the middle of nowhere, and it's been like, hey, it happened. Or like, or hey, it You've got to go right now. Do you mean bowels or bladder? Because the, uh, the way you're describing this means it's okay. <laughs> like you're just in a movie like, I have to shit. 
yes. No, I'm I'm literally describing both. Like there's okay. been times I've been driving and I've been like, okay, the next, the very next stop that I there is a bathroom. I'm stopping. I don't care the quality of the bathroom. I'm stopping. Um, I call that I've going sold. number three. <laughs> uh, and what happens is there's been hour and a half movies where like 45 minutes in because of the popcorn and, you know, and every the butter and the salt and the grease and everything like that. It's been like, you've got to go. I'm like, got to go. So uh, and I am supremely happy with my body because they were like about, I would say. 30 minutes before the end, I, I started getting a rumbling uh, that I needed to go number one. Well, that's when all the good stuff and happens. And I was like, no, you shut this shit down. <laughs> no. And I and it was like, okay, we'll listen to you. And I was like, thank you. Wait, and so what, was, at, what, at what point of the movie did that happen? The final battle. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the time yeah. when you say shut it down. Oh, yeah. Like, basically, uh, again, we're in spoiler territory, so... Let's talk about favorite moments, then. Let's round Robin it. Oh, yeah. Um, We'll start with Paige this time. Oh, God. Okay. Um... (laughs) Hey, Paige. Hey. Do you like the spot that you're on now? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but I'll I'll say... Oh, God. Is this any way to treat your guests? I mean... (laughs) Is it going to be cheesy since I just announced that my favorite character or my favorite Avenger was Captain America? Like the the literal last moment of the film. That was just beautiful. It was so good. I was leaning over to Paige like, he finally gave her that dance he owed her. Yeah. So I I host trivia on Wednesdays. I am 100% playing that song that they danced to. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to announce like, oh, who watched Avengers? I'm just if going you know, to play it. You know. Yep. yep. Yeah. If and like, I'm gonna get the people to be like, um, that's it. That's all. That's all. And that's those gonna happen. and I'm those who do go like, ah, you know, they're the cool ones. Yep. Respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do Aaron now. Aaron, what was your favorite movie? Oh, jumping all over. Well, if we do the same thing every time, the guests will uh, they'll notice that we are. They'll prepared. learn our pet of an attack. <laughs> uh, Sam, I don't know if I'm stealing yours or not, um, and if I am, I apologize in advance. But I have to pick the po- the moment where I almost hyperventilated when Cap picked up goddamn Mjolnir. Yeah, oh my God, worthy. Oh my <sighs> God, I'm like I'm sitting next to Liz. I'm grabbing her arm. I'm like, he's fucking worthy. <laughs> Like, when everyone came back uh, through the sling ring, I, like, the girl who was behind us, who, like, could not shut up about Thanos, I, like, she started to say something when people walked through, um, when people walked through the sling ring, she started to say something, but I, like, like, she went, and I went, shit, yeah! And it was like, and like the entire theater just erupted in cheers and laughter. And I was, I was like, that was so awesome. I love going to the showings where they interact. I love the applause breaks. I love oh, them all. Man. That was, I didn't know I needed that fight between the big three, Iron Man, Cap, and Thor. And when I was like, when they showed Milnir, and I know I'm mispronouncing it, but when they showed it, for just a second, I'm like, meow, meow. Meow, meow. when they showed it for just a sec, I'm like, why are they showing it? And then he gets hit with it. I'm like, but Thor's over there. 
wait, are they going to do, like, Jane or something picking it up? Or, like, or someone else worthy? Like, that'd be kind of fun. Uh, oh, my God, it's fucking Cap! <laughs> oh, I felt like Bender sucking in the flames. <laughs> uh, beast with a billion bags. And, oh, my God. Like, I, I tell you, I've they never built almost up... hyperventilated, but I did. If they built up Jane in any context, I really do enjoy the latest iteration of Thor, which is a woman cancer patient who who is Thor, but when it happens, her cancer progresses, and she's literally doing it even though it kills her. Like, yeah, that'd be pretty baller, but Jane's not that in these movies, so no. Yeah. Um, I will save mine for last, because I'll be good. Sam, what was your favorite part? Well, Aaron, you're right. That was definitely up there as one of my favorite parts, but... Um... Oh, the next one is really, really, really hard. Um, I think just on a very, uh, on a level that just, on a storytelling level that just kind of kind of ties up an end that had been a, a certain character's through line. That scene where Thor is traveling back in time and he's on Asgard and he sees his mom and his mom eventually recognizes and realizes like, wait a minute, you're from the future. And Thor finally got a chance to have that last talk with his mom and get a sense of closure that he had been lacking since the dark world Uh, that movie for all its flaws it really set up a lot of motivation for thor and loki moving forward because they both loved their mom so much and like you can tell like and it comes up later like there's still a lot of resentment between the two because of what happened to frigga and um thor you can just tell that's kind of like the first stepping stone into him feeling like he may not be worthy. He keeps failing. He uh, got really fat playing Call of Duty, playing Fortnite rather with uh, Meek and Korg. But I mean, having having hearing your mom tell you like, "Hey, you're a good man. It's okay. You you are worthy." Like that just brought him back around. I can only imagine he dropped thirty pounds after that. <laughs> good news, your mistakes make you just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Renee Russo, Dark Horse best character. Oh my god! I forgot was... how much I liked her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. The, I. Yeah. No. Sam. That's that. That is top three. Like best moments. Yeah. I mean, granted, all of the moments where characters interacted with people from their past, like Tony seeing his dad Howard in the seventies, and um, the Hulk meeting the Ancient One, that was pretty cool. They weren't. They didn't really yeah. have a relationship though. But that particular one really got me. Maybe because I'm a mama's boy and I identified with that. But that really kind of set Thor back on the track he needed to be on. Hey, mama's boys for life. Word. <laughs> Shout out to the moms out there. Ours and otherwise. Each other's yes. moms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Liz, it's your turn. What was your favorite moment of Avengers Endgame? It's so pandering and it's so cheesy, but Captain Marvel coming back and Spider-Man saying, you know, I don't, I don't know how you're going to get through. Don't worry, she's got help. And all of the fabulous female superheroes just in a beautiful big lineup. And I'm like, you are pandering. You are giving me exactly what I want. And it's wrong on so many levels, but I love it. More, please, more. I need it all. That was actually a a reference to something that happened in the comics. There was a series, uh, our friend Chase told us what it was called, and I'm forgetting, and this is a terrible story. But there was was an issue or a series where it was all the lady Avengers, and they were doing stuff as a team. Oh, gosh. Oh, okay. It was really beautiful. 
Am I okay with the execution and what it means as a whole? No, but that's for the last 10 minutes when I talk about all the things I didn't like. And we will keep that <laughs> Ooh, okay. mercifully short because it was better than Infinity War and it was better than Civil War. And in my book, that's a good movie. I, I mean, like, the I liked the the moment that they had in Infinity War with Okoye, Scarlet Witch, and Black Widow mm-hmm. where, like, the three of them kicked ass against female thanos follower <laughs> i never remember him i never will they didn't care about giving us those characters yeah. <laughs> no. uh, but that was a that was a kick-ass female moment empowerment moment that was built up naturally this one was a hell of a lot more pandering but it was pandering in the right way yeah but you know it's... what in if there's any time you're gonna just like throw in awesome spectacle just for the sake of it why not the finale of a 11 year series i mean that whole movie was solid up to that point i feel like one little flash of cheese is totally warranted there i mean we did just have cat pick on millionaire too that was uh (laughs) all right that was great okay we are coming uh i actually don't know how long we're gonna go because this may be longer than an hour and i'm okay with that in every respect of the word looks like we're Um, currently at 29 minutes a good job, Sam. Me too. That's what I have. Um, so I'm going to posit a question for us to think about while we're on break, and then we can all come back and say what we think. Um, we tend to do that. Uh, this movie is clearly about wrapping up the arcs of many of the original Avengers so that they can go off, a new team of Avengers can come up to take their place, whether through uh, death or old age or retirement or anything like that. Um but like you said, Sam, this is really about Iron Man because he's the one who kicked off this whole MCU in the first place. So the question is, are we okay with how Iron Man's arc wrapped up in Endgame? Was this the right thing to do for his character? Let's mull that. Mm. Let's give Audible an, a nice, actual, cohesive slowly spoken plug as we enter the sponsor dome the sponsor dome brought to you by audible no uh today's show is brought to you by audible audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs download a title free and start listening it's that easy Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea to get started today. Why Audible? Well, they might just have something for everybody, <laughs> including those uh, people who enjoy certain kind of shows. No, Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And our pick for today... Uh, Our pick for today is Marvel Comics' The Untold Story. Uh, There's been a lot of talk over the past decade about MCU versus comics. And that debate, I'm sure, will continue on for ages and ages. Uh, But the book we want to offer actually takes a lot of interviews from over 100 people who are insiders then, insiders now, and just talks about everybody, talking about Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, the development of so many characters throughout the year, about the lifetime of Marvel. Uh, And I think that especially now with this end, this sort of wrapping up of a storyline about to start another one. It's cool to see where this all came from originally and how this comic book company has created some of the most 
prolific and easily recognizable characters in the universe. Because uh, there's nothing like a really good Avengers movie to make you really mad at DC for doing Justice League all over again. <laughs> uh, so again, that's um, Marvel Comics: The Untold Story. Um, it's by Sean Howe and narrated by Stephen Hoy, and you can get that as your free title on Audible.com. Yeah, all you gotta do is go to AudibleTrial.com/slash Married to the Idea. Again, that's AudibleTrial.com/slash Married to the Idea to get started today. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, thank you for keeping your composure while Sam stripped on the other side of this call because I didn't. Well, you know, he's just a little afraid of getting beat by 22 points again. Uh, oh, now, Aaron, don't you're not, you're not even You're not even wearing the right shirt. Calm down. It's still New, Eng- it's still New England. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, for what you, uh, To reference what they're talking about, uh, as they're doing their ad, I took off my sweatshirt because uh, I run hot and we're in an enclosed studio space. So tell me something good. And he was wearing a Bucks sweatshirt. Yeah. And the Bucks got trounced by the Boston Celtics on Sunday. I'm so sorry. That was the first piece in a very stressful puzzle. That was my day on Sunday. I saw the Bucks lose to, to Boston at one. At four, I watched Endgame, which was just a lot of hype and stress. And then that night I watched Game of Thrones, the Battle of Winterfell. Oh boy. Sam, Sam, we don't watch Game of Thrones. <gasps> Page. Okay. Uh, so you can go ahead and say, I know, I'm sorry. That's the reaction we usually get, to be quite honest. I'm not mad at you. That is, like, totally up your alley, Liz. I I blame myself, honestly. It's, (laughs) I don't think it's up your alley, but had, had we, if we were still roommates, Liz, I would have forced you to watch that shit, because I think there are things to like about it, but. You'd have had to close my eyes half the time, like I was a toddler. You're an adult, you could handle it. The incest and the rape would have, and the gore would have turned her off way too quickly. I mean, they don't, Liz, they don't Liz, frame those things as good things necessarily. Liz, Liz, Liz. It doesn't matter that it's not good. It's just, ugh. I did not like it until season six, and then we completely rewatched it, and I loved every single second of it. Oh, boy. Paige did have to work her way through um, a lot of the blatant violence and misogyny, and, uh, you know. Like, the- that's the thing. I know that they're doing it for a reason, but I really don't like seeing it in any regard it makes me so but there are makes boobs. Me twitch oh boy sam boobs not like i can look at those every day wiener 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 <laughs> wiener okay i'm done uh what about endgame huh <laughs> so um i watched a uh video today like actually like right at four o'clock uh that was 209 easter eggs that you may have missed in avengers endgame and one of the things that they talked about, I mean, they talked about a lot. Uh, so a lot of the stuff that you saw, and one of the things, uh, Sam, was the uh, director, or one of the directors, uh, one of the Russo brothers, was the first openly gay character in the MCU. And that's such a, that's, representation, that's a whole other subject. such joy. That's a whole other subject for a whole other podcast. Um, Is that Anthony one... Russo's cameo? Yeah. Yeah. He was gay? Yeah, he if said, you like, didn't oh, catch I went on the a pronoun, and, you, you know, wouldn't know. He notice. started crying at the appetizers. I started crying at dessert. It was, it was. But a, I'm going to see him next week. Literally, it's just using the pronouns. You would yeah. not know otherwise. It, it, it was. Paige is mystified. She didn't hear it either. When? When so, Cap the, is hosting um, that like uh, group therapy session. Oh yeah. Oh, that was a director. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was one of the Russo brothers. Oh, okay. Um, and basically, people are like, "Okay, that's cool, 
but it's a doing the bare minimum and b a nameless not, character it's a nameless character everyone's touting it as like oh falcon is actually gay or you know um okoye is actually gay or something like that not a actually named character that has something to do with the mcu not just a Russo brother cameo. That is needlessly so. pointless on par with what J.K. Rowling has been doing for the last few months. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so... Nothing's made me hate Harry Potter more but, than J.K. Rowling. But uh, to overshadow that, you mentioned just a few minutes ago that the character, the creator of Thanos was talking about that. The creator of Thanos was also in that scene. Was he really? Yeah, he was the guy with the shaved head and the glasses. Cool. Oh, how Cool. That's yeah. neat. Yeah, see, like, that that's a much better, like, Easter egg to me than, oh, it's an openly gay character. To be should fair, have already been in there. I don't know where they would have fit Stanley in all of this, so just as well. <laughs> I have a conspiracy theory that that's not his last cameo. Where else do you think he's going to be? be? His last cameo. Where's he going to be? I think that he's going to have one more in Spider-Man Far From Home. I think Kevin Feige said the last Stan Lee cameo that we would see would be in Endgame. It's not to say yeah. they didn't shoot more, but I think they definitely wanted to cap him up to Endgame. I, what I'm hoping, because it's the end of Phase 3, is that they still have one more because they didn't dedicate it to Stan Lee. Spider-Man was Stan Lee's... Stanley with Spider-Man, all that kind stuff. I think we just got real Star I'm, Wars vibes about how Leia's still around for one more movie, and we're like, oh, but maybe someone maybe, else could be too. maybe there's some sort of dedication to him. They did have that really touching dedication to Stanley before Captain Marvel, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because his, that was cameo, his cameo in this was blink and miss it almost. Yeah. So, which is probably better, but his, his cameo in... Uh, into the Spider-Verse, which have you guys seen Into the Spider-Verse? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Good. Oh, my God. Probably the best Marvel movie ever. Oh, but, yes. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, the, uh, his cameo in that is possibly his best cameo ever. Mm. And to be clear, Aaron would have said that just if it was John Mulaney playing <laughs> Spider-Man for all that for two hours, he would have. She's not wrong. Um, but... <laughs> Going back to that, one of the other Easter eggs uh, that they talked about in this video, uh, to go to your question, this is why I brought it up in the first place. Aaron, you always have an end game, so I let you go until oh, you get there. Oh, she said it. Ah. This is what I have to put up with. Uh, <laughs> a subtle Easter egg that's a little bit harder to tell, which I there's a subtle reference easter egg that uh i don't know if many people got only one person of seven people that i've talked to have gotten it at this point um but tony stark the how he acts at the beginning of the movie until a certain point is very uh regressional that's not a word uh he has regressed back to pre uh iron man one so and there that's actually apparently a reference back to Iron Man 1. So him re regressing back and saying I don't care about the world, I only care about myself and who matters the most to me, which back then was only himself, um but now it's, you know, his family and uh and then him jumping back into his mindset uh in the movie shows that he is he has matured enough in the in the movies but how he couldn't sleep in iron man 3 
is addressed in this movie. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of little references to other Iron Man movies within this whole thing, but the biggest thing is, I, I'll go ahead and answer the question. Yes, I because I was afraid they were going to kill him in Infinity War, and I'm glad that they didn't. And then how he, what he did for this. I know we're in spoils territories, but it's oh, so hard we for me to say. We already were. Don't worry about it. It's so hard for me to say. Runaway, train to, runaway train to Spoiler Town. Let's just ride it oh. out. We set up camp on the shores of Spoiler Town eons ago. How he sacrificed himself and used the Infinity Gauntlets and finished with... When he said, I am inevitable, when Thanos said, I am inevitable, and then Tony got the Infinity Stones, I knew he was going to say it, but it was so perfect. So, yep. yes. They ended that. I, they ended his role the same way he ended his first movie. I Do you know that was ad-libbed? In the first movie? Did you know that he wasn't supposed to say that? He said, the truth is, I am Iron Man. And he was like, it set the tone. It set precedent for so many superhero movies after that. He went straight for the gut with that. Uh -huh. And yeah, I understand now why, Aaron, you said there were 290 Easter eggs because 290 Easter eggs or film analysis. <laughs> it's uh, both. I mean, there's there's a lot of little Easter eggs like Cap Shield getting broken the way it was, was a reference to the original Infinity War uh, and Infinity Gauntlet books. And then tony's vision in uh age of ultron so yeah a lot of easter eggs mm -hmm. uh yeah i kind of walked into the theater knowing he was gonna die happy he was going to because this is his arc this mm -hmm. is the progression this is we we have started with you we have to end with you you've had the most character growth over these past decades worth of movies and it and in much the same way that uh cap had the ending that I think his character deserved. And I didn't see that coming, so that made me very happy. But I thought Cap was going to die. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Only man left on the field. I'm like, there are very few times a movie can make me think, oh, the heroes aren't going to make it. This did that very well. Yeah, you definitely haven't seen Game of I thought Thrones. Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America were going to die this movie. Yeah, yeah, they're the three. When you talk yeah. about them fighting together, they're the three yeah. who fight in the forest in the very first time. And we got the really good stuff like mm -hmm. hammer on the shield and the repulsors and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Cap tells Thor to put the hammer down. Want and me then to in put this the hammer movie, down? And in this movie, Cap picks the hammer up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many, many nice, calls. So many nice things. To your point, Liz, about Iron Man kind of completing his arc, that even on a smaller scale works in the context of this movie alone. He starts out after having been brutally defeated, almost killed, almost died twice, really, once against Thanos, once on the ship, saying, you know what? Screw it. I almost lost everything, and I'm lucky to be alive. I'm just going to focus on me and what I have now. Then, at, by the end of the movie... He probably knew using the the Infinity Stones were going to kill him because it almost murdered the Hulk, you know? So yeah. by him doing that, that's him making the ultimate sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So swinging it back around to nice Tony. <laughs> uh, Paige, what did you think? I thought, no, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I mean, I went in thinking that he was going to die like you said, and he did, and I think it was very heroic and... You know, when you lose that many people at the end of the last Avengers movie and you come out again with this one almost all intact. Um, shout out to Scarlett Johansson. Um, and Paul Bettany. Uh, 
They are going to do a Black Widow movie. It's supposed About to be a prequel. What? It's no, it's, it's a, a prequel. prequel. It's huh. supposed to be pre-Avengers. So it won't be ScarJo. She's no, it's going to be. A it Star will be. It'll, it will? be about, it'll be about her training in Russia, Russia as a spy. Are they going to CGI? Are they going to Will Smith her? I think she's just ageless. I don't think yeah, she's she aged since 1997. Huh. Yeah. It's such a weird turn. Another thing we'll save for the 10 minute rant at the end of this. Speaking uh, of aging, can I quickly kind of go back to my moment? And when they sent Cap back to the future to like put the stones away and he showed back up. <laughs> Did any of you think that he was pre-enhancement cap instead of old cap? Because that's for, immediately what I thought. For a second, but whenever they went back and showed the the pass with him dancing with Peggy. Oh, I yeah. Knew, yeah, so. yeah. He was but just he, old. Yeah. Speaking of time travel. Uh, no, it's been it's been brought up a lot to me that I don't like time travel. And that's not true. I want to set the record straight here right now. <laughs> Time travel is a cool concept, and I really dig it, but a lot of times it's done in such a way that I question it too much while watching it. And if I question it too much, I can't believe it. It's the Back to the Future problem. It's really good in the movie, and you don't really think about it until afterwards, and you're like, well, wait a minute. He had to replace an already existing Marty. He didn't quantum leap back into his body, so where is the original Marty? Did he die somewhere? Did Doc Brown stash his corpse somewhere? How do he make sure that this Marty exists in this timeline? So, with all of that being said... So you mean like Cap kissing his grandniece or his niece? Again, that's something else we'll get back to. Save it for the rant. <laughs> uh, uh, sweeping romances under the rug for, for now, as it were. Uh... I feel like the explanation that uh, Banner Hulk gives, which I adored Banner Hulk, the the explanation he gives, I think I understand, and it made sense within the context of the movie, that you can't change the past, but you yourself can change what you do for your own timeline, mm-hmm. because the past has already happened. You're just inserting yourself back into it, and then your timeline continues with you. There is no alternate past you who's splitting off. It's just you so i think the time travel was done really well and i was afraid it would not be because i i tend to question a lot of crap now now that i'm a movie reviewer so professional and everything i agree 100 percent with you actually um i not that i have as much of a disdain for traditional time travel movies like back to the future i don't dislike time travel as a concept but i think this movie definitely did it different than what we're used to you know, like all the movies that uh, Rhodey mentioned. and Exactly. Yeah, I like the- how they worked through and were like questioning things and we got to see their process as far as like, okay, how are we actually going to do this? You yeah. Know? So the fact that they did time travel a little differently than we're used to seeing, but in a context that made sense for what was happening here, I that easily could have jumped the shark, but they didn't. So kudos to yeah. that team. Because no, it, really, feel- it really tripped me up when they were like five years later after how long we've been watching yeah. i was like wait what 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 <laughs> i was like oh time travel i uh-huh. get it now <laughs> and how the world is just still utterly wrecked devastated yes. it never recovered and introducing ever. time travel in this context set the perfect stage for the kind of movie they wanted this to be it was the last movie of this whole series but they really were able to make it a love letter to that whole series by revisiting all those cool events that became so iconic the first time we saw them and maybe like <laughs> seeing new things that we didn't before, like during the Battle of New York and Avengers 1, I was thinking like, well, there's a sanctum in New York. Where were the sorcerers? Where was the ancient one? It's like, oh, 
Now we know. Oh, she, she fighting? She just knew she didn't have to intervene directly. She was just protecting the sanctum. Yeah. Because Doramamu uh, could have maybe jumped in if the sanctum was damaged. Yeah. Yeah, there's a um uh, there is a question that is because I was I was thinking the same thing that with in-game uh that oh, phase 3 is over, all the questions are going to be answered. I would say about 90 or 85 to 90% of the questions have an answer. There are still some lingering ones, but we do have one more movie that they will be answered in. And these are actually some pretty serious questions. Like, how did Red Skull get to be the keeper of the Soul Stone? No, that's not one <laughs> That was of my them. big question. Okay. That's all I have. That is you a know, big I'm question, talk- to be fair. I'm talking post-second snap. Um... I because they show uh, the people returning to normal life. They show Peter coming back and getting with his friend. Neither of them have aged. Yeah. So that means his friend got snapped too. Yeah. And they both go back to high school, and none of the other people have aged either. Maybe Which they all I- got snapped too. We have to assume that any character who shows up in the next Spider-Man movie was also part of the snap. See, that's that's the questions that haven't been answered, which will be answered in the next one. Well, do we um, know that Far From Home is going to take place after Endgame? Because some people are saying it may take place before Infinity War. That's, uh, I, I, I'm not 100% on that. You, you've got a point, Sam, and I don't know. Uh, though Zendaya did release... Uh, or they put a picture on Instagram saying it's like after watching in game or my reaction after watching in game and knowing what I know about far from home. And it's like a really shocked, like, Oh my God face. So I, I don't know to me. Well, they wouldn't give Tom Holland the script. They don't even whatever. Rightfully page was working so. On. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Even with the scripts he had and the, and the sides he did have, he, he knew a lot because him coming back alone was a big thing. Yeah, and so I feel like Far From Home could possibly answer a lot of these questions, but the fact that his friend came back and was not aged as well, that means that he got snapped too. I don't know what about what it means for everyone else in the uh, Homecoming little bubble it could it could be that like everybody returning to that high school was snapped or didn't get snapped but was in like you know elementary school when it happened whereas everybody else who didn't get snapped just i don't know graduated so high school still gonna high school right (laughs) i don't know that's the question is is the world did not look like it was doing that at all it did not appear to me like, yeah, life got back to normal. I guess that's why I think maybe Sam's right about being a prequel because I can't imagine them all coming back and saying, all right, we're going to go to London now for a field trip. Like, no, like we're going to have to do years of therapy. Yeah, you could play it off like, oh, then as soon as they come back from far from home and they're on their way back to New York, that's when they're on the bus going over the bridge and then that big spaceship appears where uh, they take off. Like that could happen. I don't know, but we don't know. And Feige did say that, Far From Home will be the last movie of Phase 3, technically, which makes yeah. no chronological sense to me. Like, Endgame <laughs> was such a good bookend. Make that your bookend. 
Kevin. Yeah, I don't I don't like that Kevin. Far From Home is <laughs> Kevin, watch out. Uh I don't like that the that Far From Home is the last one of phase three. Especially looking at their their slate for phase four. Have you been looking? I haven't seen a thing. Oh yet. man. Like Next Black Panther, duh. Yeah, next Black Panther, next Stephen Strange, next Spider Man. Uh, I like Stephen Strange. Pa- I don't think he can carry another movie by himself. Uh, this one, uh, it, with what just happens, especially since he won't have the Infinity Stone anymore, or if he does, how he's going to have to protect it even more so now that uh, people know it's an Infinity Stone. Uh, well, in but- the current timeline. The, he doesn't have the Infinity Stone anymore because that timeline's Infinity Stones were destroyed. They returned the ones they used after the but fact. The ones, there shouldn't be any more Infinity Stones because they were returned to their timeline, but the timeline that we are existing in still does not have stones. Yeah. So no more Eye of Agamotto or whatever it was called. Right. See, and so I don't think he derives all his power from that, but that's what gave him a yeah. lot of power that was more as of Sorcerer a, Supreme. More of a power enhancer. Just gave him an mm-hmm. extra trick to play. He's still, he's exactly. still, still pretty cool. I was really hoping that they were going to use the quantum realm when Thanos says, I've reduced them to atoms. I'm like, I know a guy who can get as small as an atom Thanos. Yeah. Also, like, can we just give Ant-Man some credit? <laughs> he sprung out of that van and made all of this happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dealt with his daughter being five years older. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. Right, right <laughs> that reunion was a very touching moment, too. Like, every... I, I all guess the reunions. All this to say, like this movie as a cap off to a series, as a sequel, sequels tend to struggle. This was as perfect a way to end a series as I could have ever dreamt, especially for something I'm as invested in as the MCU. So kudos to everybody who worked on it, particularly the Russo brothers, particularly Kevin Feige, particularly the actors. I mean, I... As a fan, I could not be happier. I know I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail for saying that because there's always factions of people out there who aren't happy with anything, but I liked this. Let me enjoy things. (laughs) And I think it definitely makes it easier on the actors to perform at that level with that sincerity when they have been together for 10 years and they are saying goodbye to one of their main characters and, you know, finishing this off. And that that real emotion is there if they like each other. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's so sweet, so heartfelt. Mm-hmm. I did have problems, and we're going to adjust them very, very quickly and then move on. Okay. But before I do, I really liked it. So that this is not an indictment. This is just questions, as it were. Did anyone else, before I get into it, have any sort of problems with the movie that's like, I don't know about this? I know one of my problems was one of your problems because you you brought it up, and the more I think about it, the more I don't like it. Okay. Do you want to do you want do you want to yeah. do you want to hear mine first or did you want to start yeah. with yours? No, 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 no. No, tell no. me. Yeah. Cuz otherwise it'll just be me talking for 10 minutes. Please tell me. My only thing is I I got the impression Nebula should have and would have known that her neural network is connected to whatever. So whenever they were going back in time, she should have anticipated that she would connect to that network to where her alternate version of herself would start getting interfered with and they could then track our nebula like that i was like she should have known right or it's a big deus ex machina i feel yeah, like I feel... the russo brothers hadn't had I... enough of thanos we had to bring him back somehow and chili's on top of yeah. things let's have nebula's hard frame be c- corresponding things from an alternate timeline because that makes sense that she wouldn't yeah. know that but it would still happen yeah i guess you could justify it by saying like i guess it never came up so nebula never would have known and this was the one time where it did come up i don't know i'm just just well like like with how the fact that she's still alive, even though she shot her past self. 
that's I how time that... travel works in this particular movie. Though. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so the nebula from our the timeline in this movie is the true nebula. Is the that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. they're I'm... they're both the true nebula, but the one that we were looking at in 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 Endgame was the one we've been tracking with this whole time. Whereas other 2014 nebula was just like. That was just 2014 Nebula, I guess, right? She, she hadn't gone through the character development that we had seen from the the in-game Nebula. Well, the difference is, is how because uh, in-game Nebula didn't know about that is because it's a different timeline. Mm-hmm. That, not that she would know that this would happen in this particular instance. The fact that she didn't realize that her hard frame exists throughout all of time regardless of time travel. I don't think it's that it necessarily, but it's more like you take your phone somewhere else and it connects to the Wi-Fi, that sort of thing. So like her internal head device recognized the Wi-Fi in that timeline and still connected to it, but then there's two identical devices on that Wi-Fi. Sam, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I think it's, that's a great analogy, but I think it's more so 2014 Nebula is the phone connecting uh, to in games Nebula's Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. I think is what it was. Was it a way to get Thanos back in the movie? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally. Am I okay with it? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when we fast forwarded, I was like, "Well, who's the bad guy? <laughs> When's he, like? How is this gonna, you know, end in an ultimate fight? Which it had to, mm-hmm. you know." I mean, I I don't think I had any problems with it. I mostly just floated along for the ride because I've never read the comics. And I've also been watching since Iron Man. And, you know, after that, I've been keeping up. Um, But there was just one big question I had at the end, which wasn't actually a big question. I just didn't know who that skinny kid was at Tony's funeral. (laughs) That's the thing that I almost... Did you guys figure that out? Yeah. Someone (laughs) told me after the fact... And I we was Googled like, it. I was like, how are we supposed to know that? But yeah, I think we got it. It's it's a well, process of elimination. Well, I think at that I point. Mean, yeah. Go ahead and say it. I mean, because we're we're sitting here. The, kid, the one boy the you don't the know movie. at the funeral <laughs> yes. is the boy from the third movie from Tennessee who helps Iron Man Tony. three. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know how I know? Because we're connected. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> are you guys on what, the same like mental neural no. Wi Fi network like Nebula's? That's what he says in the movie. <laughs> Aaron's making a reference. A reference, oh. as usual, only he understands. <laughs> I mean, I've, only, literally... <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen <laughs> Iron Man 3 one time, and because I didn't like it as much, I was like, I don't need to see that again. There was yeah. a lot of hate for Iron Man 3. Uh, when he's talking to the kid, the kid like tries to scam him a little bit and says, oh, oh I know this be- because you and I were connected. And then Iron Man like ends the conversation and was like, and the kid's like, I'm cold. And he, Iron Man goes, oh, I know. You want to know how I know? Because we're connected and then drives away. <laughs> That's and right. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, just uh, even the uh, Easter egg video I watched, use that very scene to show this kid. Cause like every, cause I was like, who's that kid? I'm like, I but thought it now, might have been like a Make a Wish thing, which would have been really cool. I was like, wow, before the before I die, I need to see Tony's funeral. <laughs> or do you mean like a Make a Wish thing, like in real life? Like before I die, I want a cameo in Avengers oh. Endgame. <laughs> yes. I don't care what it is, but I need to have at least six to seven seconds of screen time in this. I cameo. like Paige's idea that within the universe of the movie, yeah, that there was, there a, was a Make a Wish kid who wanted to see Tony Stark's funeral. <laughs> 
both, <laughs> both are great situations. <laughs> All right. I, I tell you what, Aaron, since you agree with me on the Thor thing, why don't you break it down for me, and then I'll save my one big thing for the end. Okay. Um, I don't like, because uh, it's played for last at the beginning, and you don't really think about it too much, uh, and then the more you think about it, it really is very depressing and dark uh the whole thing with thor and being depressed and the fact that yeah he is drinking and eating himself into a, a stupor basically um i because i didn't think about it and then you brought it up and it, the more and more i think about it oh shit yeah it's right. all about how your shot is framed it's I compare it to Transformers. Michaela Barnes knows more about cars than anyone else, and she's literally saying that as she leans over the hood of Sam's car. But because Michael Bay frames it as look at her ass, you don't notice what she's saying because the frame is so clearly on that. So in her tight jean shorts and her cowboy boots and not so that you were paying it, attention. Why do though. I remember yeah, no. why do I remember that but not that she was ex an expert in cars? Exactly. You know? That was her whole character. Uh so for Thor he clearly has lost probably the most out of everybody except Hawkeye, and we will get to Hawkeye. Hmm. Uh, but he lost his mother, uh, his brother, brother twice, uh, his father, uh, half of his people, then another half of his people almost killed himself trying to get this weapon, failed to do it with the ultimate weapon, and then even when he does, still can bring anyone back. No wonder he gained 30 pounds, but the screen oh, yeah. is all, look how funny. Thor is normally hot, and he has a beer gut. Laugh at him. Laugh at the fat, sad man. And I'm like, he is suicidally depressed. Like, he is, he can't die by normal means. Like, he can't get sick uh, with a cold or, or that I know of. And, like, he's not He's trying to kill himself with normal means, but he won't be able to. So he's just basically drinking himself as much as he can. He's numbing the pain. Stupid. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's so easy to look past it. But he was the absolute last line of defense because not only did he put he he had uh, two opportunities to kill him because he hit him with the lightning. And then he hit him with the axe because had he had done anything different in that last strike, he would have prevented everything. Also, he if, he, if he hadn't dragged it out because he he had Thanos on the ropes, he was just slowly pushing Stormbreaker into him to say, I want you to suffer. If he had just ended him quickly, no snap. He could have just pulled the axe out, cut his head off or cut his hand off. End of it. But he's like, no, I want you to suffer. He got cocky. And then because he delayed. Done. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, and they apparently his arm getting chopped off was a reference to uh, how it should have ended. <laughs> oh, they talk about that all the time. Like we had sling rings in our back pocket and no one thought to just make one around his gloved arm and just be like, and it's chopped off. Even though Done. they did that earlier in the movie. Yeah, the movie kind of, this endgame kind of makes it really painfully apparent how easily it should have been to defeat Thanos if we'd all just worked together and used our brains, but... But what's the fun in that? But what's the fun in that? So, and with that, that aspect of this character who has been through a lot and, and has had to put up with a lot, and Thor Ragnarok is possibly the best of the three, but oh, even easily. still... 
like you know in uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War you see glimpses of what he could how far he could fall and you finally see the the depths I don't even think that's rock bottom for him. no Mm-mm. yeah it felt really sad to see the movie frame him that way yeah it, it shouldn't be a punch line that he's depressed it shouldn't be humorous that Rocket offers him more beer to numb the pain. It shouldn't be funny when he says, no, let me do it. I have to make up for the sins of my past. And Tony just says, no, no, sit, just sit down. Just sit down. It's There's all sorts of weird things with how they play that. that but man, can we good. credit Chris Hemsworth for like, dude, he going, going through the emotions going from like sad and I could cry to cracking me up to, you know, he's just, he's good. He is so, so versatile. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like Thor has become my favorite Avenger because of the arc that series has taken. It started like melodramatic Kenneth Branagh inspired melancholy drama. Someone else knows who directed Thor one. It it shows. (laughs) It definitely shows. But then like after, I mean, it worked for Avengers because it was a nice contrast to the modern guys they were talking to. But then Dark World was just so awkward. They're like, where do we go with this? Then Taika, in his infinite wisdom, said, let's make it funny because we've seen Hemsworth in comedies and he's a great comedic actor. He can do this. And same with Tom Hiddleston. And Mm -hmm. those guys and everybody else's talent around them, along with that vision to just completely change the tone, fits so well. I loved it. (laughs) And with him possibly joining, you know, the Guardians, or well, I mean, he is joining the Guardians, but joining Guardians three, I think is going to be a good fit. Yeah, we've seen best when these movies become about two of them together, like mm-hmm. how Captain America: Civil War was an Iron Man movie in disguise, or how Thor: Ragnarok was a Hulk movie in disguise. Just pair them together, which is all I ever wanted Infinity War to be was just pair them together and send them off on little adventures. That's all I yeah. really needed. And and Endgame did a really good job of making me see the combos and how they work together, as opposed to just who could fight each other the best, which is what Civil War was, and that's why I didn't like Civil War. Uh, but for me, the really biggest, most egregious problem with this whole thing is this series, this final movie's just treatment of Black Widow. I'm not a fan. Oh, really? How so? I mean, she died, obviously, but... Yeah, so there's a couple reasons for that. Spoilers. I I don't like when women I don't like when women get fridged. I don't know if you know this term. Uh, fridging comes from comic books when a female character is killed to motivate the male characters in her life around her, uh, and it comes from a woman who was literally killed and stuck inside a fridge. And when they discovered her body, it's like I shall avenge you. I shall become such and such, and it makes women become devices for the men in their lives. And that man then sets out on a crusade to kill all refrigerators. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we have this idea with Thanos. The heat locker. And with uh, Star-Lord, <laughs> Gamora dies uh, as a means for Thanos to achieve his goal. And it's why Star-Lord fucks everything up in Infinity War. And I don't blame him for that. I just blame it that that's where we had to get this tension from. That, oh, you killed her. I'm going to mess everything up now. Um, then we get to Endgame. And... Scarlett Johansson is the only one holding the Avengers together five years after the snap. She's the only one still living in Avengers Tower or the complex, working with people around the world to make sure that people are still safe, that they're taken care of. She's the only one holding this mantle together, while Hawkeye went off and became an assassin, killing everyone in his path because his whole family disappeared in the snap, which was the saddest thing to open your movie on, Hmm. you bastard. But you had to. Really set the tone. 
We weren't hurting so good. Oh, so good. I get Um, I get where you're coming from, Liz. And I do agree, like she deserved way more credit. But like if not her, then who? Because Well, that's the question. She she kept Um, saying throughout the whole series, like she's done a lot of bad things. She wants to make amends. Kind of like She's always talking about taking out the red in her ledger. Her her character arc I like. I like that she chooses to do that as opposed to being thrown off because it has to be her. Mm -hmm. But it raises up some questions as the only female member of the original Avengers for her to be one of the people who dies. Uh, that that was the only girl we had for a really long time before we started getting other female superheroes, even in just other movies, not even their own movie, just existing. Mm-hmm. And then to have her and Hawkeye have this really sad battle about who's going to die. I think the problem with me is things that are brought up in age of Ultron that black widow calls herself a monster specifically because she went through the process of being able to not have children anymore. She she calls herself monstrous because of the training that she went through at the Academy to become an assassin. She's identifying herself as less than human. And it's weird that that's a character who says, I have to sacrifice myself to save my family. It's not even like she doesn't have family. These adopted people around her are her family. It's not like Hawkeye had better family. They both had families, but they were framing it like, well, of course Black Widow has to die. She doesn't have any family. She's expendable. And the fact that we get this big, long funeral scene for Tony Stark, but we just get one bench throw for Black Widow, who got them the Soul Stone and was just as selfless as Tony, is... There is there is a reason behind that. Okay. I just found that out today. Because I completely agreed with that until I found this out. Okay. Um, Tony Stark is a very public figure, is, uh, you know, touched a lot of, a lot of lives. So did Natasha, but the thing is, is Natasha was an assassin. She was an assassin by trade. Okay. So that's why, you know, and then plus her sacrifice was... Tony Stark was a billionaire who brought about the destruction of tons of people around the world because of his weapon manufacturing. He got better. (laughs) That's the thing. They both got better. They both got better. And even if she is a secret assassin that no one knows about, the only people at this funeral are people who know them, not a bunch of fan seekers with cameras sitting in the back trying to get a picture. Right. But even still, I, the, the five of them, um, Hawkeye, Hulk, Thor, Cap, and Tony sitting there at the docks in my mind was a small bit of a funeral. But at that point, they still felt like they could save her. They, they didn't, though. The they image. said it they, repeatedly. They, they felt like they could, though. Well, even Thor says, we can. We have the inf- we have time. We can do this. And they'll say, no, that's not how the cell stone works. Bupkis. I'm just very sad that I, I get where Tony dies. I get it as part of his story arc. I'm not okay with the women continuously getting killed or underpowered in the case of Scarlet Witch, who is perhaps the most powerful character in the MCU. And until this movie, no one knew what to do with her. Does she punch? I don't know. Heavens, I don't know. Just kill her brother. I don't know. I do know that during that final fight, I just kept looking at Sam and being like, where the fuck is Carol? Yes. (laughs) Yes. We could handle this if she was here. See, she has the same problem that Superman has is that she's too strong. So if she's there, it just ends too quickly. You got to tickle their balls a little bit. You got to build some suspense. Oh, my God. Really earning that explicit rating. Marvel. We tickle your balls and you love it. <laughs> <laughs> we take your money, tickle your balls, and you love it. 
Uh, uh, as it stands, <laughs> as it stands, that movie was it was really good, and that all female lineup scene only goes to show that if we just start treating them as part of the normal roster and not a "Hey, look at all the women together" scene, we're only going to get better movies. Now that we finally have a female superhero movie and more women than ever in the universe, and all the men from the original six leaving. Maybe we'll finally get some more diversity. And we didn't even talk about Sam getting to be the new Captain America. That oh, That yeah. is really cool. Ah. Um, that happened I'm, in the comics, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's Sam Wilson, Captain America. But, I mean, Bucky becomes Captain America at one point. Uh, there's a female Captain America. There's actually multiple female Captain America. So Pepper Potts becomes Iron Man. Very cool. Uh, yeah. app- apparently her persona is called rescue either which way it's a female iron i was, man I was gonna quote anchorman on it ironically it is iron man not iron lady and that is a scientific fact <laughs> <laughs> no but so, for real like back in the day like i would be hanging out with you and dudes and be like oh yeah if i was a superhero i'd be captain america oh if i was a superhero i'd be iron man i'd be like all i have is scarlet witch and i don't exactly. identify with her so can i have some variety and now we do so 100 amen sister friend still a lot of ground to cover i think but i'm glad to see marvel's taking a step in that direction mm-hmm. yeah and uh from the phase four looks of things, it looks like it is, they are starting to expand because I mean, Inhumans is planned. Fantastic four. They're going to try Inhumans again. Apparently. Oh boy. And it's soon too. They're going to try first. They're going to try fantastic four. I feel like that franchise is just cursed. I wouldn't risk it, (laughs) but I don't own everything. I mean, we thought Spider-Man can't be done better than Amazing Spider-Man. I like. I thought no one could do it better than. But uh, they've they've used both human torches. (laughs) Andrew Garfield. (laughs) Andrew Garfield. Sorry. Oh my God! I hated him as Spider-Man. See, I don't think everyone liked Amazing Spider-Man like you did. Uh, See, the thing is, is Tobey Maguire was a good Peter Parker, but Andrew Garfield was a better. Spider-Man. Yeah. And now we have Tom Holland who is the and best t- of Tom Holland worlds. is my Spider-Man. Yeah, cuz they're not they're not playing this Peter Toby Parker as like the I... dorky outcast. He's just like he's a kid, a kid and he's got some stuff, but it's not like he's a complete outcast like Maguire was. It's like, yeah, cuz like when I saw Andrew Garfield trying to be Peter Parker, I'm like there's no way a guy who's that athletic and that handsome is this much of an outcast. That's I call bupkis yeah. to, to borrow a word from you, Liz. Bupkis <laughs> on this Garfield man. Someone uh, described it, and I have to agree with them. Uh, P- or, Toby Maguire was the '60s Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield was the Ultimate Spider-Man, like the like the like Ultimate Spider, the comic books '60s, like the original Spider-Man. Uh, Andrew Garfield was Ultimate Spider-Man, and uh, I would I probably have to say Tom Holland is the Amazing Spider-Man. Do you want to see Tom? Yeah. I want to see Tom Holland fight. <laughs> fight venom so fiercely do i want this mashup like to like tom hardy's venom yes i would yes. like to see that i want to see that <laughs> tonally they do not match up but i think not even that's, a little that's bit, why it I needs to happen it. Ooh, i'm into this thank you, thank I, you. I, I ship this as one of the three <laughs> people who loves venom for all of its stupid stupid faults i need this <laughs> so i uh i have one last thing to say and i think that would be a great thing to wrap up on Wrap it up, wrap it up. All right, so the joke 
the big meta joke that I have said to seven people and only one person has got <laughs> so far. I really hope that you get it, Sam. Um, no but pressure. Okay. If neither of you get it, it's okay. But you guys got the big Lebowski joke, right? Yeah. Okay. You got the deeper meta-ness of it, right? No, they didn't. No? Okay. So Tony Stark says to Thor, watch it, big Lebowski, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jeff Bridges played Ironmonger in the first <sighs> Iron Man. Okay. Hmm. It's not a joke, babe. It's just an interesting fact. It's a reference. <laughs> it's not is it? A joke. It's a reference. Is it so? I mean, explain it. everybody's had their fingers in MCU's pie, so like it's yes, bound to cross over. The, sorry, the very first uh, MCU uh-huh. villain. That that's a reference. And let's be honest, Jeff Bridges did a pretty good job as Ironmonger. He didn't do an amazing job, but he did a pretty good job. Oh, absolutely. He, there was no benchmark at that point. For one of those Marvel villains where it's just the same thing as the hero, only bigger and stronger, yes, he did a very good job. And yeah. more evil. And more yeah. evil. evil. Plus the, his voice. <laughs> the other thing I really want to bring up about this movie, and then we'll wrap it up, is um, a lot of it did hinge on the characters we've grown to love over the last 11 years, sure. But without the right villain, it really wouldn't have worked out. And not only is Thanos thematically the best villain to use, but... They executed him so well. So, so much credit has to go to Josh Brolin on that. I, yeah. Liz, you're looking at me like I'm an idiot. I don't care. I, I loved, I love Thanos as a villain because he's the right kind of, he's definitely evil and mag- megalomaniacal, but he's also like, he's got reasons for what he does. And like, you kind of get it. Yeah. I don't hate somewhat. him. Like, yeah. And on a technical I- note. Sorry, I just want to bring up one more thing that I just love, love, love about this thing. When we first saw Thanos at the end of Avengers, like he was clearly mostly CGI'd. His eyes were glowing blue. But when they brought in Jeff Bridges, even to play him in his brief cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy, um, they had the look pretty much the same. But what they changed when Avengers Infinity War came around, they completely changed the eyes. They still had the purple, you know, VFX, um, you know, Nutsack of a chin and everything, but they used Jeff. Um, they used his actual eyes. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. I'm like, not Jeff. What am I saying? They Boy, used... Jeff Bridges played Thanos. The entire <laughs> oh my god! Character. Hey, I just want to like bring balance, man. Man. But anyway, yeah, like the thing they did and chose to use Josh Brolin's real eyes to be the character. Like they were able to pull so much emotion out of that character and make him even more compelling. So that's another reason why I think this thematically was. Uh, um, just about perfectly executed uh, series of films. If you had to ring it out of me, the very best I could say about him is that he's an Umbridge, not a Voldemort. Mm. I disagree. I would say he's more of a Voldemort. He's got a, a legion of people who wear all black and do evil things for him. And, uh, and, he, and he gets in- dusted at the end, too. He has in- a silly yeah. face. Interesting facial features, yeah. He has a nose, but again... Grimace-like nutsack of a chin. Hating uh, him, I think, is key. And I think too many people don't hate him, and that's why I'm mad at him. Yeah. The, the best seen... villains, though, aren't completely just there to be hated. You do kind of empathize with them to where... Look at, look at Killmonger. Kill, let's be clear. Yeah. Killmonger was the best Marvel villain we have had to date, followed by Hela Page. 
because she's fabulous. Uh, and you don't have to feel sympathy for Hela to think she's a badass, cool villain. Very true. Uh, no, but for this story in Infinity War, you need more than just a one-dimensional, power-hungry villain. Like, you need to know what they're, like, why they're doing this. Hela just wanted Asgard. She just wanted to rule. She wanted power. She wanted power. So does Thanos, but he's got a larger purpose behind it. He's got a sense of destiny. All I got to say is a man who has the power of literal infinity on his side should be able to think of a much better thing to do with it than killing half the population. He could do anything, guys. Anything. He's like, no, I have the power of everything in my hands. I'm just going to kill half the people because that's the easy slacker's way to do it, Sam. That's a slacker's way to save the I universe. I think that's a hard way to do it because if you have all this power, you can do anything you want. You do what you say you do and then you destroy it and slightly kill half your body yeah. i think that's pretty yeah. ballsy and to to do that i mean i don't know i think he explained it pretty well when he said like his planet pretty much worked itself into extinction because of over exploiting resources he probably saw everybody he knew and loved die so a very extreme reaction to that is to say this shouldn't happen to anyone in the universe if there's just less um if we're just using less consuming less if there's just less things eating away at the system It'll be balanced. He could literally make it. He could literally make it that everything in the universe that is living only needs to consume thirty percent of the resources they do to survive. He could do anything if he can rewrite the entire reality to where they don't remember what they had. He can shrink the entire universe. God. He could shrink the entire universe literally in half, and we all become three foot high and consume less resources. But then there'd be less there resources to go around if we're smaller in this smaller universe than. So are the resources in it. You need, to, you, need, you need to upset the consumption to production ratio to accomplish what he's doing. I'm not advocating for what he did. Please make no mistake. That's evil. But <laughs> the, the, the that was his is, solution. That was his version. He, clearly, he did not think this through as much as we have. I guess so. I guess so. So and even with Tony Stark, uh, uh, someone was saying, whether it was uh, a, a friend of mine or someone else online, I... Uh, Apparently, at the very end, and I think this is a great point to wrap up on. Uh, We've said that when, six times. <laughs> when uh, Thanos is sitting down and is about to get dusted, apparently he and, and I did see it actually. Okay. Uh, because I was with you when I saw this. Uh, he sits down and he kind of looks up a little bit and he smirks and then he's dusted. Um, apparently, the the thought process as a theory behind that is because he had said he was inevitable. And by getting dusted and all of his troops, his 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 army, his battalion, half the universe his, did get dusted. Not no, it wasn't half the universe, but his whole army getting dusted. A good portion of it, like a good percent, if you will, getting dusted. He was inevitable. Tony Stark became Thanos and sacrificed himself for that. A man concerned about finite resources would not have an army. Is all I am saying. But the um, evil people aren't always thinking everything through, Liz. Yeah. Well, then but he's not Hans Tony, Gruber either. Even Tony couldn't think past this one kind of route. You know, Tony, who's a you know, who in one comic is literally his brain matter encompasses his entire body, the Ultimates, which gets really weird. He, he wait, I'm sorry. No, his body's a brain. Yeah, like literally his skin is brain matter, so he has to wear a special like suit made that's like entirely blue. And, Ew. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, Ultimates get weird. This um, is the 90s, wasn't it? That sounds mm, weird. 2000s. Okay, but weird. Post-weird. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, but like this man is such a genius, but he couldn't even think beyond that. So that's why yeah, ten Thanos <laughs> won, but didn't win. Yeah. So. We can needle and nitpick. And that's why I wanted to save it for the end, because the movie really was fabulous. And I cried like a baby and I laughed and screamed and the woman behind me screamed when valkyrie came through the portals and i was too i'm like yeah yeah she got her flying horse back yes all those good things that was it it was a it was a great way to end so gotta i gotta agree with you there sam it was a great way to end so well, well, I guess we only know for certain when Sam finishes watching Game of Thrones if there is any better series wrap up. Yeah, because uh, yeah, this is not <laughs> 2019 is not a good year for nerds because no. Game of Thrones is ending, Affinity this part of or not Affinity but uh, this part of Marvel's ending, Star Wars is ending. Oh yeah. Yep. This is it's the uh, end. The year the the nerddom died. Yeah. Now I will say, like um, you said, we'll see if Game of Thrones ends as satisfyingly. Something's telling me it's probably not gonna, but it's it'll probably be fine. But the last time I remember leaving a movie at the end of a series and feeling that satisfied was Return of the King in two thousand two. Oh. That ended for me as a kid who never read the books but just loved the movies. I thought those ended just the way they needed to, to where I felt satisfied at the end. This was the same way, so. If they Completely. help me, if they help me feel that way, then they really accomplish something for me. Yeah. I yeah, I think this is probably as perfect of an ending as I can think of. This is about as per or this reminds me of Scrubs because the, the like original the ending of Scrubs, the real ending of Scrubs, yes, <laughs> yes. the real ending of Scrubs, because that was a great way to end it because it, it wrapped up the past, the present, and the future. So I. Yep. I so this there's kind a of, reason we picked that song for our wedding dance that was so yeah. perfect so sam page thank you guys so much for joining us thank and if you people, if people want to learn more about you and what cool things you do uh tell us about your podcast um well page and sam plan a wedding is a podcast about us planning our wedding shocker and um so far we have about 10 episodes so we're fresh and um you can find everything on page and and it has links to all of our episodes and blog posts about it for more photos and um you know you can get to our instagram there and we're on all the things spotify itunes google soundcloud so hit us up if you want to hear hey. about what it's like to plan a wedding in savannah when you're 30 this is the place. <laughs> so specific, so bespoke. <laughs> I am. Uh, I am almost completely caught up. The I am halfway through. How do you photo good the <laughs> episode? So yeah, I, I finished. Uh, I finished editing that one so late at night. I'm like, I can't think of a title. Just whatever. We were going through Coast. normal sounding ones, and then he said that, and I was like, that one. Do that one. <laughs> and I'm like, fine. <laughs> I don't care. I'm done. And, and you often have guests, which is so cool. I think you're going to have a pretty good guest this week. I don't know. I think Probably so. Probably a pretty cool guest. Yeah. Well, by the time, yeah. well, well, by the time this episode airs, um, the one you're talking about on our end may have already aired. That's good. Well, that's good. Yeah. So then yeah, you can go so, back and check it out. So, so I guess, people... spoiler alert, if you haven't already heard, um, we do have an episode upcoming. Maybe it's already up there with Liz and Aaron as our special <gasps> guests. What, what? I meant to tell you that earlier. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, dang it. Now we have to prepare. <laughs> get on it. Oh, oh, I hope you know about your lives. From three years ago, we had to get all the wedding blenders out and start oh, looking God. at our budgets. Oh, no. 
Oh, God, I thought I burned those. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for having us on. This yeah, was thank you. This was seriously so much fun. It's always nice to see you and talk to you in general, but in this context, it's uh, it's, it's been great. Well, we're just glad to finally have legitimate podcasters on our episodes. Yes. <laughs> You're too kind. Are we legit? <laughs> You're legit. Yeah. Paige has a social media presence next to none. Oh, God. And I, I envy that. You, you do crush the social media game. Yeah. Only in stories now, but thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That is okay. And we're <laughs> excited to have real legitimate podcasters with a sponsor, mind you. That's, yeah, that's, what? that's as legitimate as it gets. We're excited that you'll be our first podcaster guests. We'll let you in on all the little dirty secrets. Please uh, do. That was Sam and Paige from Paige and Sam Plan a Wedding. Check out their episodes on iTunes and ours as well. They are adorable. We hope you've enjoyed our spoilerific content. And maybe next time we'll watch a movie that didn't come out just last week, but maybe something from much further back in time so it's not nearly quite so intense to talk about. Yeah, maybe something that came out in middle school. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling this vibe. I'm yeah. picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking this might be the summer of uh, Disney. It could be. <laughs> it could very well be. It, it, it will always be until ad infinitum, until Walt rises from the grave and leads his army of the undead animators. But well, now on dude, that you note, really need to watch Game of Thrones. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> he's Aaron. She's Elizabeth. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea.